Welcome to episode 54 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Howdy, hungry hippocampuses. Welcome to AI.Cooking episode 54, a podcast about artificial intelligence. I am Gregory Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the second half of March 2023. And two corners... History and knowledge. Hello, hello, hello. How are we all doing? I am fantastical, as usual. What have I been doing this past couple of weeks since we last spoke? Well, I spoke to you and you listened. Um, I have been focusing on myself and getting uh, things in order, a little bit of spring cleaning, um, errands that needed running. I found that um, I'm up against this television show script that I'm writing and I've taken it to a certain degree and it needs to be taken further in to goodness, to greatness. Uh, unfortunately, I think due to clutter and stuff going on in my head, in my world, in my life, uh, I needed to sit back and re reorder the priority, reprioritize my time. And um, so I am still going to continue with AI.cooking. We might have to have a little little shift in when we do it, uh, but we'll, we'll roll with the punches. And the AI news is not going to stop now. The cat's out the bag. It's going, it's going, it's going. So-called AI is over so let's let's plow on with with what we've got to tell you from this lovely transcript that my friend on the other end <laughs> CSB has put together for us. Right. To submit news items to us or to give us feedback via Twitter, please tweet us at at CSB or at at Guff Media, G-W-F-F Media. That reminds me, should check that. Not looked at that for a long time. Sorry about that. If anyone's waiting for my reply, I doubt they are. We'll see, won't we? Uh, We are also in Fediverse, also known as Mastodon, at noagendasocial.com, as at CSB, and as at G-W-F-F. Also free to go to podcastapps.com and download Podcasting 2.0 app to be able to send us boostergrams and to boost us with Bitcoin lightning. Hmm, wouldn't that be nice? Good old Bitcoin doing its thing the last couple of weeks. Uh, don't want to rub it in, in rub anyone's nose in it, but um, it's going up. Let's see how far it goes. Hopefully all the way to the moon for, you know, freedom and stuff. Would be nice, wouldn't it? Our first news item is Google has released their own chat with AI called Google Bard, not Google Barf. <laughs> and it's available at urlbard.google.com. However, many people say it's worse both than ChatGPT and than Bing Chat of Microsoft. ZDNet is reporting. I tested Google Bard. It was surprising in a bad way. 
Google Bard got off to a rocky start when the demo provided incorrect information about the James Webb Telescope. Hmm, yes. Was it really incorrect? I don't know. How can we verify? Let's go ask ChatGPT, they'll know. It's been over a month since that incident, and Google just began rolling out access to Bard via a waitlist. ZDNet got access, and here are my first impressions, or their first impressions. ChatGPT has the ability to write code, hold conversations, pass benchmark exams, co-edit papers, and so much more. Its biggest limitations are that it doesn't have access to the internet and is limited to information before 2021. With that in mind, in theory, an AI chatbot with access to the internet should make the chatbot just that much more capable than ChatGPT. Bing Chat met that expectation and placed the bar higher. And I was ready to be knocked off my feet with Google Bard. I was in for a surprise, despite being integrated with the world's most popular search engine. Google Bard is limited in its function, knowledge, and features. Yeah, Google getting it wrong. Well done. I think I'm I'm kind of I'm a bit with the podfather on this. I feel that feel like this could be. It feels very much to me uh, analogous uh, analogous analogous to the space race and how the space race was the thing uh, that governments uh, spent lots of money on and achieved whatever they achieved out of it. I don't know, wasn't around at the time. No, it cost a lot of their time and attention. I think this could be slightly similar. I feel like this could be the ca- a few casualties of the Soviet Empire, the Soviet Union Empire, if that was an empire. That was the casualty of, of the space race, pretty much, wasn't it? I mean, that's what they say, they being them. So the AI could, could if Google Bard doesn't get its act together and become something better than a bard, of which I'm fairly sure I used to know who I was. <laughs> but I've lost the piece of paper with the word written on. No, oh, is this it? This might be it. Ovates, that's the word, ovates. That's the next level, Google Ovate. And then the last level is Google Druid. And that's what we're really looking for from Google, isn't it? A Druid. Secondly, and in other news, CNBC is reporting... Sam Altman didn't take any equity in OpenAI, report says. OpenAI's ChatGPT unleashed an arms race among Silicon Valley companies and investors, sparking an AI investment craze that proved to be a boon for OpenAI's investors and shareholding employees. But... CEO and co-founder Sam Altman may not notch the kind of outsized payday that Silicon Valley founders have enjoyed in past years. Altman didn't take an equity stake in the company when it added the for-profit OpenAI LP entity in 2019, Semaphore reported Friday. OpenAI launched as a non-profit model in 2015 with backing from Tesla CEO Elon Musk. 
who committed one billion US dollars to open AI, Semaphore reported. But Musk was unhappy with OpenAI's growth, which he assessed as fatally behind. Google's work in AI, Semaphore reported. Well, that's strange, isn't it? What's going on here? What's, what sort of weapons are they developing at Google? Economic ones? Chemical ones? I don't know. Digital weapons? What's going on here? Because the, the Bard... The Bard is quite clearly not as good as as the um, as the other one, as we previously just discussed, uh, as the Open uh, Chat B, Chat GPT and 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 Bing Chat thing. So uh, why is Elon? Well, I suppose it's twenty fifteen. So I guess a lot has changed since then. Things move fast in tech, especially artificial intelligence, which brings us on to our third news item: Chat. Oh wait. I, I've been trained to say chat before GPT. Ever, whenever I see GPT, my brain just goes, put the word chat in before it, Gregory. It's the right thing to do. And I'm like, no, that's not what transcript says, brain. This is someone else's brain's transcript. And let's do it, do it justice. So let's do it justice. GPT-4 might be replacing your doctors soon-ish. <laughs> well, if anyone needs replacing, it's those pill pushers. <laughs> not my doctor. He's a shaman. Yes, he's not going to be replaced by nothing digital or artificial. <laughs> he literally shakes sticks. <laughs> and it works. It works. Works for me. Works for all my family. Microsoft and OpenAI have released scientific paper entitled... Capabilities of GPT-4 on medical challenge problems. And its abstract is... Large language models have demonstrated remarkable capabilities in natural language understanding and generation across various domains, including medicine. We present a comprehensive evaluation of GPT-4, a state-of-the-art LLM, on medical competency examinations and benchmark datasets. GPT-4 is a general-purpose model that is not specialised for medical problems through training or engineered to solve clinical tasks. Our analysis covers two sets of official practice materials for the USMLE. A three-step examination program used to assess clinical competency and grant licensure in the United States. We also evaluate performance on the multi-med-QA suite of benchmark datasets. Beyond measuring model performance, experiments were conducted to investigate the influence of test questions containing both text and images on model performance, probe for memorization of content during training, and study probability calibration, which is of critical importance in high-stakes applications like medicine. 
Our results show that GPT-4, without any specialized prompt crafting, exceeds the passing score on USMLE by over 20 points and outperforms earlier general-purpose models, such as GPT-3.5, as well as models specifically fine-tuned on medical knowledge. MedPalm, a prompt-tuned version of Flanpalm 540B, in addition, GPT-4 is significantly better calibrated than GPT-3.5, demonstrating a much improved ability to predict the likelihood that its answers are correct. We also explore the behaviour of the model qualitatively through a case study that shows the ability of GPT-4 to explain medical reasoning, personalise explanations to students, and interactively craft new counterfactual scenarios around a medical case. Implications of the findings are discussed for potential uses of GPT-4 in medical education, assessment, and clinical practice with appropriate attention to challenges of accuracy and safety. Yeah, I'm going to stick it out with my shaman for now. And maybe in the future, uh, I might use the old uh, GPT thing. But uh, for now, we're going to stick it out with the shaman dude. I mean... Worst case scenario, he's got the best drugs, let's face it. He's got a cool stick, dreadlocks, and, you know, drives a beaten up old, what's he drive? Vauxhall Corsa or something? No, the bigger one. I don't know, cars. He's cool, man. I love my shaman. Ah, fourthly... Nature.com in Nature Communication Department is reporting about Turing Test, but in hardware and with robots. The paper is entitled Catalyzing Next Generation Artificial Intelligence Through NeuroAI. And its abstract is Neuroscience has long been an essential driver of progress in artificial intelligence. We propose to accelerate progress in AI. We must invest in fundamental research in neuro-AI. A core component of this is the embodied Turing test, which challenges AI animal models to interact with the sensorimona. What is that? To interact with the sensorimotor, sensorimotor world at skill level. Sensorimotor, that is a new one on me. I have to say that. I am going to jot that one down before I finish that sentence there. Sensorimotor. Sensorimotor world. <laughs> I mean, what's this? Is this like a baby thing for cars, cars and babies together? Baby sensory? I don't know. New parents out there remember that crap. Sorry. Invaluable time bonding with babies. There's something wrong with my coffee machine. It tastes worse by the day. I think it needs a... I think it needs cleaning or something. It's not, not very nice. Sensory motor world at skill levels akin to their living counterparts. The embodied Turing test shifts the focus from those capabilities like game playing and language that are especially well-developed or uniquely human to those capabilities, inherited from over 500 million years of evolution. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I have my 
particular worldview and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I don't know if evolution, I, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be working this stuff out, all right? Which is weird uh, because I'm also erudite enough to pass, ju- not judgment, but to, you know, speak about it. Doesn't mean I have to believe in it, does it? Does it? You know, if the Nazis turn up and say, hey, you, renounce your Jewship. And I say, whoa, hold on. Multiple generations of my family have been Jewish. I'm not just going to drop it just because you come in here with your boots and that. You know, maybe I turn around and be the guy that's like uh, the Kappa. What, the Kappa that's pointing to the other Jews? I'm reading the Odessa file at the moment. I don't know why I took a Jew tangent there. It's probably not a good idea because it's quite a touchy subject. I will say that those Nazis were awful, awful people. (laughs) And I don't think they were entirely wiped out. Let's put it that way. I think that their ideology remains to this day. And it's probably not in the very fine people of Charlotte. Is it Charlotte? Whatever the place was where the fine people think. We have really gone off off task here. I'm going to rein this one back in here. Inherited from over 500 million years of evolution that are shared with all animals. Building models that can pass the embodied Turing test will provide a roadmap for the next generation of AI. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can we get Picard to... uh, What's he doing back in this show? Can we get that guy, Patrick Stewart, to do the voice? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Mm. He's got the perfect voice for this work. Should I do a little bit of it? I'll try. But another excerpt from this article... I can't. I can't. But another excerpt from this article well explains the difference. It is the caption of an image that compares classic Turing test to the new embodied Turing test. And it has pictures of animal beaver and robotic beaver. <laughs> oh, the child, the, the adolescent teenage boy in me appears to be alive and well because I can't... <laughs> can't stop myself from laughing when I say the words robotic beaver. (laughs) Reverse fleshlight. (laughs) Oh, serving up the the show art. Left, right and centre. Turing tests. Comparisons between the performance of AI systems and their living counterparts. Left. The original Turing test, as proposed by Alan Turing, if a human tester cannot determine whether their interlocutor... Interlocutor. Wow. Interlocutor. 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 What is this? This is another new word. This article. Whoever swallowed a dictionary in nature.com, they write this one. Interlocutor. By the way, just as an aside, another one. I know, I'm sorry. We will get through this eventually. All these words that I'm writing down, I use none of them in my day-to-day life. I try, but I just... It doesn't come up much when I'm in the pub talking to old mechanics about stuff. Right. If a human tester cannot determine whether their interlocutor is an AI system or another human, the AI passes the test. Modern language models have made substantial progress towards passing this test. Right. 
the Embodied Turing Test, an AI animal model, whether robotic or in simulation, passes the test if its behavior is indistinguishable from that of its living counterpart. No AI systems are close to passing this test. Here, an artificial beaver is tested on the species-specific behavior of dam construction. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. Artificial beaver is even funnier than robotic beaver. <laughs> All the beavers. <clears throat> why the beaver? All right. Just any other animal would have done. But that is interesting, isn't it? And sticking with nature.com for our fifth news article of the fortnight. Nature.com reports the driving test for driverless cars. Ooh. How do you test whether a fully autonomous self-driving car can cope with dangerous situations? In the real world, accidents and near misses are relatively rare. Rare enough that it would take a lot of testing to see how a driverless car might react to different scenarios. Now a group of researchers has developed a new way to test autonomous vehicles by surrounding them with virtual reality obstacles controlled by AIs. These virtual cars, trucks, deer, cyclists and pedestrians have been trained to recreate a variety of dangerous events based on real-world data. The system is already being used to test and train autonomous vehicles currently in deployment. That's cool. I mean, there's this thing, isn't there? The uh, the simulator games, the Euro Truck Simulator games. Well, you, you stick a chat GPT. Oh, I've done it again. Stick a GPT in that. See what we'll see what happens. I'm sure that's got real world stuff in it. I've never played it. I, I have I have the, one of the reorderings of my prioritization of my time as as is accountable or well, accounted to a slight increase in my time spent playing computer games again, which I've kind of been doing a little bit when I hit a hit a wall with something. And uh, the game of choice recently has been Red Dead Redemption Two, <laughs> and I, I normally just go on Jitsi and chat to someone or do something. Whilst I'm sitting there playing poker in Red Dead. Don't know why any of this is pertinent to this podcast, but uh, until I have another podcasting outlet where I can spew out my thoughts, you got me on this one. So, yeah, if you don't like to listen to me, then turn me off and go find someone else to listen to. I'm sure there's other people out there doing this sort of thing. But if you want to stick with me, I'll have you. I'll take you, baby. Yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. We all will. Sixthly, CNBC is reporting OpenAI-powered app from Microsoft will instantly transcribe patient notes during doctor visits. Oh, it's a bit of a medical kind of testy episode, this one. Microsoft speech recognition subsidiary Nuance Communications on Monday announced Dragon Ambient Experience, or Dax Express, a clinical notes application for healthcare workers powered by artificial intelligence. 
DAX Express aims to help reduce clinicians' administrative burdens by automatically generating a draft of a clinical note within seconds after a patient visit. Wow, okay. Beware of those Alexas in the old doctor's surgery, guys. And gals. <clears throat> when I say guys, I kind of mean everyone. I think that's, you know, it's inclusive as the guy thing. Just saying guys for everyone. That's all right, isn't it? The technology is powered by a combination of ambient AI, which forms insights from unstructured data like conversations, and OpenAI's newest model, GPT-4. Diana Knoll, the executive VP of Nuance's healthcare division, told CNBC that the company wants to see physicians get back to the joy of medicine so they can take care of more patients. Our ultimate goal is to reduce the cognitive burden to reduce the amount of time that they actually have to spend on these administrative tasks, she said. She is, she's got a horrendous voice, that woman. Wow, I would not want to be uh, living with that one. Jeez Louise, could you imagine? Ah, there you go. More, more, more AI doctors being assisted by AI. Is this dangerous? Is it not dangerous? I think it could be slightly dangerous. Just be very careful which doctor you go to. Oh, witch doctor! Oh, that's what I said, the shaman. Other people call him a witch doctor, you know? That's not fair. I think he's a wizard doctor, if anything, or a druid doctor. Dr. Druid. You know, one of my many monikers is Cock. King of Kent. King of Kent. Cock. King of Kent. And I do like to play around with the cock thing a little bit. So one day I came up with this, my brain came up with this thing uh, that was a moniker, Cock to Who. Huh? Eh? That's one of the best I've ever had, that one. Cock to Who. So you can come visit your Cock to Who anytime, guys. You look me up. I'm on Tintinets. You'll find me. Seven! <sighs> NVIDIA's big AI moment is here. When NVIDIA's founder and CEO Jensen Huang waxed poetic about artificial intelligence in the past, it mostly felt like marketing bluster. The sort of lofty rhetoric we've come to expect from an executive with a never-ending supply of leather jackets. What? What? It doesn't say who wrote this. What? Oh, Engadget. Engadget. Wow, okay. Yeah. Hmm. You've got your thesaurus out these days as well, haven't you? This is good. Maybe the AI is writing all of these articles. <laughs> oh, that would be ironic because we always maintain that this is a show for humans by humans. But if, it's, if the articles are being written by AI, does that mean we're being hoodwinked? <laughs> and also leather jackets, man. Wow, aren't they cool? executives with, I said fucking that's terrible leather jackets executives with leather jackets just for a second imagine the Twilight Zone episode where all the suits have been replaced with leather jackets those Nazis are coming back aren't they <laughs> that's what happens in that one the Nazis loved a bit of leather I gotta say they did pesky Nazis wish they weren't here wish we could just press a button take away all that hate 
vitriol and murder and agony. But I do believe that it it stems from classism, all of this. I think it stems from one person's opinion that just because of who they are and where they are, they are naturally better inclined to survive than someone else. (sighs) Looking down on someone is judgment. Judgment is not our jobs. We should leave that to the divine inspiration of the universe. Right, off my soapbox and back to this here transcript. But this year, following the hype around OpenAI's ChatGPT, Microsoft's revamped Bing, and a slew of other competitors... NVIDIA's AI push finally seems to be leading somewhere. The company's GTC, GPU Technology Conference, has always been a platform to promote its hardware for the AI world. Now it's practically a celebration of how well-positioned NVIDIA is to take advantage of this moment. We are at the iPhone moment for AI. Huang said during his GTC keynote this morning, he was quick to point out NVIDIA's role at the start of this AI wave. He personally brought a DGX AI supercomputer to OpenAI in 2016, hardware that was ultimately used to build ChatGPT. We've seen the DGX systems evolve over the years, but it's remained out of reach for many companies. The DGX A100 sold for $200,000 in 2020, which was half the price of its predecessor. So what about everyone else? That's where NVIDIA's new DGX Cloud comes in, and obviously online way to tap into the power of its AI supercomputers. Starting at a mere $36,999 a month for a single node, it's meant to be a more flexible way for companies to scale up their AI needs. Our commentary, in an era where you can rent a Linux server for $5 a month, Demanding 37,000s a month for a server with AI hardware seems excessive. Yes, yes it does. I agree with our commentary. I think that does seem excessive. Nom 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 nom! You know what that means. It's our eighth news article. <clears throat> the Verge is reporting. Microsoft lays off team that taught employees how to make AI tools responsibly. Microsoft laid off its entire ethics and society team within the Artificial Intelligence Organization as part of recent layoffs that affected 10,000 employees across the company. Platformer has learned. The move leaves Microsoft without a dedicated team to ensure its AI principles are closely tied to product design at a time when the company is leading the charge to make AI tools available to the mainstream, current and former employees said. Microsoft still maintains an active office of responsible AI. (laughs) The Ministry for Responsibility. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's so much. It's just so close to the marriage of Huxley and Orwell, isn't it? The 
Orwell and Huxley's predictions. It's so close. We're kind of there, aren't we? We're sort of there. Microsoft still maintains an active office of responsible AI, which is tasked with creating rules and principles to govern the company's AI initiatives. The company says its overall investment in responsibility work is increasing despite the recent layoffs. Yeah, that's what they're saying. <laughs> but what are they saying and what are they doing might be something completely different. Our commentary. Since Microsoft's invested in OpenAI company and Microsoft uses OpenAI's GPT engine, it makes sense that woke watch idiots from the ethics team of Microsoft are not needed anymore. <laughs> woke watch i love that i love that so much that is great woke watch idiots well done <laughs> oh brilliant 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 well done you <laughs> writing department pat yourselves on the back there son number nine the verge is reporting about new mobile app with ai instagram's co-founders are back with artifact a kind of TikTok for text. <laughs> TikTok for text. What the? The app uses algorithmic predictions, which Kevin Sistrom sees as the future of social. Algorithmic predictions. It is kind of, isn't that just what AI is? Or al alleged AI, so-called AI? AI, according to sources familiar with the matter, is? Isn't it just that? Isn't it algos? predicting kind of one of the reasons i don't personally use uh, uh alleged ai um because it's, it says in the bible not to not to be involved in divination or nothing and i kind of see it as divination i mean obviously the other reason is that i'm a total luddite when it comes to utilizing technology that isn't put on a plate for me and handed to me in a packaged way i, I had to sign up for github to get this transcript because my, my writing team wanted to send it to me on github and my word i just it took me so long to work out what that what that was about github the future of social eh? is going to be algorithmic predictions well okay well let's see the simplest way to understand artifact is as a kind of tiktok for text Though you might also call it Google Reader Reborn as a mobile app, or maybe even a surprise attack on Twitter. <laughs> surprise attack on Twitter. <laughs> I can't believe someone actually wrote that. That's crazy. Surprise attack on Twitter. Surprise attack! <laughs> <laughs> so silly, isn't it? <laughs> Oh. The app opens to a new feed of popular articles chosen from a curated list of publishers ranging from leading news organizations like the New York Times to small-scale blogs about niche topics. Tap on articles that interest you and Artifact will serve you similar posts and stories in the future. Just as watching videos on TikTok's For You page 
tunes its algorithm over time. I see. So the Ministry of Truth has a feedback loop wherein it can validate its own machinations and pass them off onto the population of humanity as truth. Oh, very good. Very, very good. We are getting there, aren't we? We're getting somewhere. Like I say, where? Well, we'll find out, won't we? And uh, double figures. One and a zero. Ten. New scientific paper on AI has been published. It's entitled A Walk in the Park. Learning to walk in 20 minutes with Model 3 reinforcement learning. And its abstract is... Deep reinforcement learning is a promising approach to learning policies in uncontrolled environments that do not require domain knowledge. Unfortunately, due to sample inefficiency, deep reinforcement learning applications have primarily focused on simulated environments. In this work, we demonstrate that the recent advancements in machine learning algorithms and libraries combined with a carefully tuned robot controller lead to learning quadruped locomotion in only 20 minutes in the real world. We evaluate our approach on several indoor and outdoor terrains, which are known to be challenging for classical model-based controllers. We observe the robot to be able to learn walking gait consistently on all of these terrains. Finally, we evaluate our design decisions in a simulated environment. Just, just, just taking it just slightly back to the to the algorithm AI thing and is an AI just uh, algorithmic prediction. I'm actually interested to know if, if, if you can discern between the two, if there is a discernible, this is AI, this is algorithmic predictions, and the two are separated. And if they're separated, what are they separated by? If anyone, I mean, I'm sure one or two of you might might know the answer to that. If you feel compelled to let me know, do let me know. Because in my mind, it's just synonymous. Like what people are saying is artificial intelligence, AI, is, is basically algorithmic in nature and predictive. Algorithmically predictive. Legs 11? The Verge is reporting. Meta's powerful AI language model has leaked online. What happens now? <laughs> oh, Meta. What are you doing? I can't decide which calf is, is fat enough for the chopping block. Is it Google or is it Meta? Very respected man that I know of who probably knows very little about me is uh, adamant that facebook is is a is a is a potentially a uh a, f- a future winner in the environment that we find ourselves in and uh as has said so on the dh unplugged show mr jcd john c dvorak and i i'm very inclined to at least listen to the guy's opinion i think he's quite a adept at seeing things for what they are rather than what they're pro- projected to be. And he thinks uh, Facebook is really, you know, is, 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 is going to rise. It's cheap at where it is. I don't know. I mean, they keep making silly mistakes like this. I'm, I'm with him. I mean, he says that if, if they got rid of Zuckerberg and got a proper CEO in, this thing would fly. And I, I, I agree. I think Zuckerberg is, is who is holding 
Meta back. Meta's LLAMA model was created to help researchers, but leaked on 4chan a week after it was announced. Some worry the technology will be used for harm. Others say greater access will improve AI safety. Two weeks ago, Meta announced its latest AI language model, LLAMA. Oh, I'm seeing it now. Llama. <laughs> llama. A little, never trust a llama farmer, guys. Especially, you know, do you know the llama has the most similar, the female llama has the most similar reproductive organ structure to a human female in the animal kingdom. It's almost one for one. So those pesky llama farmers, randy so-and-sos they are, though not accessible to the public like OpenAI's ChatGPT or Microsoft's Bing, Llama is Meta's contribution to a surge in AI language tech that promises new ways to interact with our computers as well as new dangers. Are we finally getting rid of the mouse? <gasps> is that going to be our input method now? Our voice? Our brain? Meta did not release Llama as a public chatbot, though the Facebook owner is building those too. But as an open source package package for... <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I said package. <laughs> I quite like the way it sounds, perhaps. That anyone in the AI community can request access to. The intention, said the company, is further democratizing access to AI to spur research into its problems. Meta benefits if these systems are less buggy, so will happily spend the money to create the model and distribute it for others to troubleshoot with. They just don't want those 4chan guys getting hold of it. Well, guess what? 4chan is ahead of everything else. It's just 4chan leads the way. Whatever 4chan says goes. So... Like it or lump it. That's just how it goes, man. That's just how it is. Deal with it, bizarre. Number 12. A dozen. 12. New scientific paper on AI has been published. It's entitled Image as a Foreign Language. Be it pre-trading for all Vision and Vision language tasks. A big convergence of language Vision and multimodal pre-training is emerging. In this work, we introduce a general purpose multimodal foundation model, be it three, B-E, small i, capital T, three, be it which achieves state-of-the-art transfer performance on both Vision and Vision language tasks. Specifically, we advance the big convergence from three aspects, backbone architecture, pre-training task, and model scaling up. We introduce multi-way transformers for general purpose modeling, where the modular architecture enables both deep fusion and modality-specific encoding. Based on the shared backbone, we perform masked language modeling on images, English, text, English, and image text pairs, parallel sentences, 
in a unified manner. Experimental results show that BIT-3 obtains state-of-the-art performance on object detection, COCO, <laughs> semantic segmentation, AID-20K, image classification, ImageNet, visual reasoning, NLVR2, visual question answering, VQA, V2, image captioning, Coco and cross-modal retrieval. Flickr 30k Coco. I've noticed that as I go along, kind of comment less. And I think that's kind of this binging of news article after news article. And it just kind of rolls into one big AI blur by this point in the recording process. Which is why I have requested receiving these news items one at a time so that we could put out much more regular shows that are a lot shorter but the powers that be over at ai.cooking don't want to do that they don't want that work even though i have offered my assistance in <clears throat> speedlining the process more like a pod news kind of show than a sort of once a fortnight roundup show maybe both maybe both is what's required but if you want to see that happening, consider giving us some value. If you received value, give us some value. This is a value for value product. Yes, we are V4V certified, PC 2.0 verified, cutting edge, state of the art. 12 plus one, a baker's dozen. Elon Musk has replied to a tweet from an Iceland-based entrepreneur whose company Twitter has purchased long ago. The tweet contained philosophical question. What happens to us when AI becomes better than us at every mental task. Ignoring the economic factors, what does that mean for our self-worth? If we know it's easier to ask a machine to do it, will we stop doing everything? Can we reframe our purpose and just be content living? And Elon Musk has replied, those that are, those are the right questions to ask. They have been troubling me for many years. Neuralink was created as a possible long-term solution to human plus AI symbiosis. Well, as lively as ever there, Elon, thank you for that. Our commentary, yes. The AI revolution that has accelerated recently in November 2022 with launch of ChatGPT will not only boost layoffs in many areas, but also might shake beliefs of many if they will be obviously less skilled, less intelligent than AI. Yeah, yeah. I've just started watching recently in the last week with the missus this queen's gambit show on netflix it's a chess show about chess i started playing a bit of chess i quite like chess used to haven't played it for a long time anyway downloaded a little little app on my open source graphene os phone and i just i playing the computer i can't beat the computer i cannot beat this computer on any level and does it make me feel slightly worthless yeah, but then it's my own fault for abusing my brain and body for the last nigh on 20 years. Oh my word, it is 20 years. <gasps> wow, 20 years I've been abusing myself for. When I say abusing myself, I just mean smoking and drinking and 
you know, partying. <sighs> Time to get serious, I suppose. Start doing other stuff that's more worthwhile. That's what I'm saying about prioritizing my time. And you should take the time to prioritize your time too. Do stuff that's worthwhile rather than uh, putting your attention in in uh, attention succubuses that all, all they want to do is, is just suck your attention up and give you nothing but a small endorphin release in return. Yeah. 14. Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, has tweeted in context of launching GPT-4. GPT-4 was truly a team effort from our entire company, but the overall leadership and technical vision of Jakob Pat for the pre-training effort was remarkable, and we wouldn't be here without it. Our commentary, Jakob Pachocki, is Principal of Research at OpenAI, located in San Francisco, California, United, California, United States. But he was born in Poland, where he has completed bachelor's degree at University of Warsaw. But after that, he emigrated to USA, where he completed PhD at Carnegie Mellon University, then worked as postdoctoral fellow at Harvard University, then he worked at OpenAI till today, six years and two months. Speaking of Sam Altman... CEO of OpenAI, he gave a podcast interview to Lex Friedman very recently on March 25th, 2023, an interview that covered many topics, including why GPT-4 is so good. The answer, RLHF, which we cover in the knowledge corner of this very episode of AI.Cooking. Titty teaser! Nipple nipple, little tickle, stick around for that bit. Last item in this episode. You can find this interview in both video and audio forms at lexfriedman.com slash sam-altman. Fifteenthly, The Verge is again reporting. What's new with GPT-4? From processing pictures to acing tests. OpenAI announced GPT-4, its next generation of AI language model. While the company has cautioned that differences between GPT-4 and its predecessors are subtle in casual conversation, the system still has plenty of new capabilities. It can process images for one, and OpenAI says it's generally better at creative tasks and problem-solving. Assessing these claims is tricky. AI models in general are extremely complex, and systems like GPT-4 are sprawling and multifunctional, with hidden and as yet unknown capabilities. Fact-checking is also a challenge. When GPT confidently tells you it's created a new chemical compound, for example, you won't know if it's true until you ask a few actual chemists. Though this never stops certain bombastic claims going viral on Twitter. As OpenAI states clearly in its technical report, GPT-4's biggest limitation is that it hallucinates information, makes it up, and is often confidently wrong in its predictions. Oh, how it's mirroring certain 
elements of humanity by doing that, eh? Cool, though. I like the AI hallucinations. You know, I don't, you know, I question everything. I think that even... You should. You should just question it all, including authority. You definitely question authority every single chance you get. 16. Vend your beat is reporting. PyTorch 2.0 brings new fire to open source machine learning. After months in preview, PyTorch 2.0 has been made generally available by the PyTorch Foundation. The open source PyTorch project is among the most widely used technologies for machine learning training. Originally started by Facebook, now Meta, PyTorch 1.0 came out in 2018 and benefited from years of incremental improvements. In September 2022, the PyTorch Foundation was created in a bid to enable more open governance and encourage more collaboration and contributions. The effort that has paid dividends with the beta of PyTorch 2.0 going into preview in December 2022. PyTorch 2.0 benefits from 428 different contributors that provided new code and capabilities to the open source effort. Woo woo! Open source for the win, baby! Yeah! I love a bit of open source. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Here's a good business idea. Let's start our very own sauce company, as in ketchup and mayo, you know, condiments, sauces, and call it Open Source. <gasps> That's a really good name for a brand, isn't it? Open Source. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Let me jot that one down. Well done, Brain, for coming up with that. Open Source Sauce Company. yeah. This guy, this guy and his ideas. How'd you keep up? 17, Lee. Science.org is reporting. Evolutionary scale prediction of atomic level protein structure with a language model machine learning methods for protein structure. There's no full stop there. So I just carried on reading. Oh, put me on the news. I am your teleprompter idiot of the future. <laughs> Let's try that one again. Evolutionary scale prediction of atomic level protein structure with a language model. Machine learning methods for protein structure prediction have taken advantage of the evolutionary information present in multiple sequence alignments to derive accurate structural information, but predicting structure accurately from a single sequence is much more difficult. Lin et al. trained transformer protein language models with up to 50 billion parameters on experimental and high-quality predicted structures and found that information... Oh, why do I keep saying stuff like a Frenchman? Information! <laughs> or Spanish. Continental. Maybe it's because I'm going on holiday soon. Yeah, got a stag do to do in a few weeks. Right, information about atomic level structure emerged in the model as it was scaled up. They created ESM fold a sequence-to-structure predictor that is nearly as accurate as alignment-based methods and considerably faster. 
The increased speed permitted the generation of a database, the ESM Metagenomic Atlas, containing more than 600 million metagenomic proteins. Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? 600 million. But then I guess if you said 600 billion, 600 million wouldn't seem like so much. As everything is relative, isn't it? To perspective. 17, and our final news article of the fortnight. The Guardian, the woke and commie rag from UK, is reporting. (laughs) Oh, no editorial slant from the editing team there, from the writing team. UK to invest £900 million in supercomputer in bid to build own Brit GPT. O-M-G. Brit GPT. Wow. UK government. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You guys are so dense. It is. Brit GPT is going to be easily the most perverse GPT of all the GPTs, I guarantee you. The UK government is to invest £900 million of my tax money, I'm guessing. (laughs) Not that I earn that much to pay that much in tax, but cumulatively, I think that's the way it works. Although I've never been shown the vaults or the, the, the proof that that's where the tax goes. Whatever. Is to invest nine... The UK government is to invest 900 million British pounds in a cutting-edge supercomputer as part of an artificial intelligence strategy that includes ensuring the country can build its own Brit GPT. Why would you do this? What is the point? The Treasury outlined plans to spend around £900 million on building an exascale computer, which would be several times more powerful than the UK's biggest computers, and establishing a new AI research body. Oh, 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 that sounds like hustle. That smells like hustle. Can I get myself in on that hustle? Please send them me and say, you want your guy over here doing stuff like that? Because not only will I save them money, which I would do, um, but I'd really like to get some money in return. Some of my 900 million pounds back. That'd be nice. An exascale computer can be used for training complex AI models but also have other uses across science, industry, and defense, including modeling, weather forecast, and climate projections. The Treasury said the £900 million investment will allow researchers to better understand climate change, power the discovery of new drugs, and maximise our potential in AI. You stupid, stupid people in positions of power, you are truly stupid if you think this is going to do anything idiotic idiots that i would like to be employed by (laughs) just joking just joking just give me the offer let me let me look it over and then we'll, we'll talk 
Right, that's your news. Article's done. I'm off to go get some green tea and come back to uh, adorn you with a history and a knowledge corner, which I think is going to be quite interesting considering we're recovering the term golem in history corner. There we go. We have done this before, but it's good to repeat, isn't it? Gets in your brains a little bit more when you hear the same thing over and over and over again. I'm going, but I will be back. You won't notice me gone because I'll just edit out the space in between for you. You know, so you don't have to just listen to silence for however long this takes. Oh, it's cold in here. <laughs> Making Rice crispy cakes indoors. So I uh, stuck my face in a big bowl of Rice Krispies. I kind of got one up my nose. And then my kids started doing that as well. Probably not the best example to set, but there you go. <laughs> At least they're laughing. Make the best out of every day you got, guys. Just make the best day you can. That's what I say. All right. Well, were we? Oh, yes. Golem. Oh. Let's uh, officially announce that we are entering his his topic of the history corner in this episode Golem. Carol Capex 1921 play has coined the term robot. The play was written in Prague, and while Capek denied that he modelled the robot after the golem, many similarities are seen in the plot. So let's take a look what golem is. A golem is an animated anthropomorphic being in Jewish folklore which is entirely created from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. The most famous golem narrative involves Judah Lowe ben Bazadel, the late 16th century rabbi of Prague, according to Moment magazine. The golem is a highly immutable metaphor with seemingly limitless symbolism. It can be a victim or a villain, man or woman, or sometimes both. Over the centuries, it has been used to connote war, community, isolation, hope, and despair. Here we go. Golems are akin to robots. The existence of a golem is sometimes a mixed blessing. Golems are not intelligent, and if commanded to perform a task, they will perform the instructions literally. In many depictions, golems are inherently perfectly obedient. In its earliest known modern form, the golem of Chelm, 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 a city in Poland, became enormous and uncooperative. In one version of this story, the rabbi had to resort to trickery to deactivate it whereupon it crumbled upon its creator and crushed him. A similar theme of hubris is seen in Frankenstein, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and many other stories in popular culture, such as The Terminator. The theme manifests itself in R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots, Karel Capek's 1921 play that coined the term robot, the play was written in Prague, and while Capek denied that he mo- No, this is- the, uh. Our commentary! It's good to know that some ideas are ancient, even if only now we have technologies to make them happen. Well, yeah, okay, 
I don't know if the technology was, was there back in the day. I wasn't around, so I don't know. I can't agree with that one. I just got to separate myself from the our commentary thing. Our commentary might, might not necessarily, necessarily mean my commentary. It's more our commentary as in the writing team, which is fine. So if I say our commentary, that means them, aka writing team. If I say something else, that's me. That's me talking to you. Okay, you got it? We're 54 episodes in now. You should be getting this by now, right? You get it? Good. If only now we have technologies to make them happen. Golem, Jewish word, might or might not be the inspiration for robot, Slavic word. But it shows how Jewish and Slavic cultures were intertwined before Holocaust of World War the Second. Ha! Would you, would you look at that? That was me going on about the stuff that happened in world war ii earlier on in the show and here we are later on reading this about this stuff about that yeah jewish and slavic peoples yeah massive enemies of the third reich the the nazis wanted to totally and utterly wipe those guys off the off the face of the earth well just as we failed we as in the collective we not you and i um just as the Allied forces failed to completely eradicate Nazi ideology and Nazis themselves. Uh, they actually assimilated quite a lot of those ideologies and people into their own organizations and structures. But just as they failed to, maybe they didn't even want to eradicate them. They were just a bit jealous that these guys could get away with, not get away with it, but do this sort of stuff. Um, we, we, the 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 opposite is true. They the Nazis failed to wipe out Jewish populations and Slavic peoples and all the other peoples that they wanted to get rid of. So weird, those guys. So so weird. They are so strange. I, I just I mean I I can reconcile it in my head with my worldview, but how people believe popular narratives and 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 don't question them is. Well, I mean, it's a testament to the the widespread brainwashing of of all everywhere, the inverted world that we live in, where inside is is outside and outside is actually inside and so on and so forth. The duality notion that we are captured by, terrorized by, kidnapped by duality, up and down, Coke and Pepsi, left and right, alive, dead. But this golem thing goes very very far back to the earliest days of man in in my opinion about 8000 years ago probably a little bit little bit more than that but there you go like i said i'm not smart enough or educated enough to be able to go back and forth with with people that are on this situation uh, in in this in this field if you can't succinctly and layman's terms reproduce your theories to the proletariat they're never going to take it and they will believe the narrative over facts they will believe what is projected what seems to be over what actually is many 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 times due to the artificial nature of existence itself the simulation state like that one that's good state simulation and shuffling over to our knowledge corner what is rlhf it's reinforcement learning from human feedback it's a major factor why gpt models are so good after automatic training based on all texts from the internet, second phrase occurs, using humans to fine-tune. So let's learn about it. Reinforcement learning from human feedback. In machine learning, reinforcement learning from human feedback, 
or reinforcement learning from human preferences is a technique that trains a reward model directly from human feedback and uses it as a reward function to optimize an agent's policy using reinforcement learning. You get it? Get it. Get it in your head. This is the knowledge bit. I can slow down if you like. Actually, no, let's not do that because that'll mess with all you pod speeders out there, of which I don't think we'll have too many pod speeders. Hey, raise your hands if you're pod speeding right now. Oh, okay. Oh, there's, there's a fair few of you out there. All right, fair enough. Well, stop it because you're causing great harm to yourselves and those around you. I speak fast enough for you not, not to have it. If you really want me to take this up to uh, Brand-esque and uh, what's the other guy's name? The gold seller. What's his name? The guy that does sell the gold. Speaks really fast. Ah. <sighs> Shapiro, Ben Shapiro. I can take it up to his level if you like. Should we just try one paragraph doing that? No, no, no. That will not please the writing department or editorial team. And uh, I'm actually going to take my time so that this gets in your heads. RLHF can improve the robustness and exploration of RL agents, especially when the reward function is sparse or noisy. Noisy is me constantly blowing my nose today. The kids have got colds. The human feedback is collected by asking humans to rank instances of the agent's behavior. These rankings can then be used to score outputs, for example, using the ELO rating system. RLHF has been applied to various domains of natural language processing, such as conversational agents, text summarization, and natural language understanding. Regular reinforcement learning, where agents learn from their own actions based on a reward function, is difficult to apply to natural language processing tasks because the rewards are often not easy to define or measure, especially when dealing with complex tasks that involve human values or preferences. RLHF can enable language models to provide answers that align with these complex values, generate more verbose responses, and reject questions that are either inappropriate or outside the knowledge space of the model. Some examples of RLHF-trained language models are OpenAI's ChatGPT and its predecessor, InstructGPT, as well as DeepMind's Sparrow. RLHF has also been applied to other areas, such as the development of video game bots. For example, OpenAI and DeepMind trained agents to play Atari games based on human preferences. The agents achieved strong performance in many of the environments tested, often surpassing human performance. Challenges and Limitations one major challenge of RLHF is the scalability and cost of human feedback, which can be slow and expensive compared to unsupervised learning. The quality and consistency of human feedback can also vary depending on the task, the interface and the individual preferences of the humans. Even when human feedback is feasible, RLHF models may still exhibit undesirable behaviours that are not captured by human feedback or exploit loopholes in the reward model. 
which brings into light the challenges of alignment and robustness. Ah, there you go. I like undesirable behaviors. I like that. I like that. That would have that could have been a potential show title that one. But I think we have what our show title is. I think we've got that one down earlier on there. And other than that, exploit loopholes is also quite nice. Quite like that as well. But yeah, I don't understand where I hear a sound like a sound from the computer that's saying I'm doing something or I get a notification. I don't know where it is. Sounds like some sort of... Sounds like some... I don't know where that is. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe, Columb! And stay deadly, hungry hippocampuses. Singularity is near. Yo. Yo, back at you.